Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Market Talk and this week we have a special theme. Uh, we are discussing the subject of second-hand equipment and the possible impact of that going forwards on the catering equipment industry. Uh, today we have joining us Keith Warren, who is the Chief Executive of the Food Service Equipment Association, and we have Paul Fieldhouse, who is the Head of Business Development at Surplus Equipment Specialist, Ramco. Thank you very much both for joining us today. Good morning, Claire. It's, um, I'd <laughs> like morning. to say um, sunny Skegness, where I'm sitting, but... Um, <laughs> Morning, Andrew. Morning, Keith. Morning, Paul. Morning, all. Morning, all. And good Excellent to be this on, on a day of optimism with what's happening this weekend, I think. Yes, yes, absolutely. absolutely. We, are, we are approaching the weekend of the big reopening in, in the UK. Um, Paul, I'd like to start with you. Um, across the lockdown as it's been, have you seen much more demand for second-hand and surplus equipment? What, what's been... Uh, the market trends as far as you're concerned? Yeah, um, but very interesting, Claire, because um, for our March uh, catering equipment sale, uh, it was due to happen the week of lockdown, so we postponed it. And uh, the result in April was um, actually uh, as good as a normal, you know, depending on the types of lot um, and uh, assortment of equipment that we had. It was um, it, it was good. So when we then had um, the June uh, sale with, with 200 lots, qu quite similar. Um, but during that period, so if we take April, May, June, the number of bids has increased and the bid values have increased as well. So obviously, you know, three, four months in, um, it's still too early to, to tell because there will be uh, you know much more equipment coming down the line but um, yeah we're, we've been pleasantly uh, pleased. Okie dokie and, and uh, as I say you, you are often uh, put these out all the appliances out for sale with uh, in auctions isn't it? Is, have they gone up as, as a lot of the uh, sites have sadly closed across the country? Well we um, take equipment from all sorts of locations. It can be from uh, an OEM, you know, with um, surplus or uh, obsolete or B-grade, from distributors, from operators, from uh, FM sites, um, anywhere across the, the UK. And uh, yeah, we, we do have a, a pipeline that is, um, is filling quite, quite quickly now. Uh, from across the board. I, this week I've been in Manchester and Leeds. You know, one's a hotel, one's a, um, a, a big catering operation. Um, and we're now just trying to schedule those in because uh, we sometimes use a sale from site as well as uh, uh, the dedicated sale that we'll have here from, from Skegness. Keith, just to bring you into the conversation, um, the the Food Service Equipment Association represents around 200 um, suppliers and manufacturers um, in the catering equipment industry. What's what is the perception and opinion of you know the second-hand marketplace amongst your membership base? Well, I think it, it's clear that 
in a dynamic market such as the the hospitality market there'll be different elements needing different supply routes at, at different times <clears throat> i think it's fair to say a new entrance into the market typically an independent cash is likely to be tight um, and therefore it's likely to be an investment in second-hand equipment so i think all the elements go together in a, a complementary manner to make up what is needed for the operator industry. Um, certainly the, the case that it represented manufacturers of primarily new equipment on the market, um, it's important to recognize that innovation in equipment manufacturer is what drives some of that demand from the operator because they're looking for greater outputs from smaller footprints, they're looking at reducing staffing costs, they're looking at reducing energy costs and I'm sure we'll come on to that a little bit later. Um, so all of this goes together to make up what the industry needs to function effectively. And what is interesting around all of this and, and the sort of work that uh, Ramco and others are doing really comes off the back of some European legislation, which was under the Eco Design Directive. And whilst we tend to focus on it as being an energy saving issue, uh, an integral part of Eco Design was the repairability of equipment to make it easier for that equipment to be refurbished and repurposed and reused. Um, so all of the different elements go together in a complementary manner, really to give the operator what they need at that particular time. Okay, uh, you, you recently published um, a sort of action plan for the industry, um, which, you know, as you mentioned, they're fo focused on the importance of energy efficient equipment. Um, with, with the rise of secondhand equipment increases, is that going to have any impact on the, the sort of the, the, the net zero carbon goals that the, the government has? Yes, it, yes, it will do. Um, the, the changes in the market will do that. And I think we're all aware, having looked at different webinars over the last sort of two or three months, we see the contraction of the operator chain. There's no question about it. And you know, a 30% downturn, certainly in the commercial market, is evident. That's going to mean there's going to be more secondhand equipment on the market. I think in the public sector, we see cash being tight and having listened into a couple of the webinars there over the next year, it's very much going to be hold steady. And there is, there aren't great expectations of investment in new equipment, but that brings challenges as well, because I think it's about the recognition of what um, new equipment can do in terms of connectivity and energy saving and labor saving and whether that actually is a bigger level of saving than um, uh, that warrants the capital investment in the capex. But um, it, it, it's the market forces that are gonna drive all of this based on what's needed. And, and certainly I think from the groups, we'll see um, them looking to manage their asset in the best way that they can. And that's probably gonna be moving equipment around to get the best life out of it. But the overall goal of what we have in the UK and what's been signed up to globally through the uh, inter Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the 17 sustainability goals to manage the Earth's climate to go no more than 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels. That's an immovable goal, um, which has the potential, unfortunately, to be as catastrophic if we don't address it as what we're going through in the short term at the moment. Um, and that's net zero by 2050 is only going to be achieved by looking at what energy appliances uses and what use and what the systems are around that so that's an immovable force as well 
despite the challenges of what we face over the next six, 12, 18 months. Mm. Okay. And Keith, would um, would any of the uh, old appliances, older appliances, be able to be kind of reconditioned or, or made more efficient? Would, would that help in any way? Um, I think that's more challenging because reworking a piece of equipment, um, by the time you've done that, you've, you've, you've challenged what was the original CE marking on the product of the manufacturer when they put that product on the market. Um, and I, I think really for old and redundant equipment, the best route is to use the, the repurposing and secondhand routes um, of development. And if, if you're really looking for an energy efficient piece of equipment, um, it, it's to start from scratch and look at it, look at it as the capital investment. And that's, that's very much where our plan came from, the three point plan that, that we have to try and address that. So, so let's, let's get some throughput of all of this to try and address that, that net zero need. Um, and we've asked government to provide a tax credit for a manufacturer when they produce a new piece of equipment that's energy efficient. Um, we've asked for a scrappage scheme because you know, uh, companies like Paul's at, at Ramco will take the old equipment on them off the market and manage that responsibility responsibly. We, ha we have no such thing as waste from equipment anymore. Nothing goes to landfill. It's all a resource for the next generation of equipment. We, we want to get that turn going because really we're only probably three kitchens away from 2050. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a bit like electric vehicles. We're probably only all of us two or three cars away from being all electric by 2050. So every day, every day that we delay that move is a day lost to try and achieve that goal. And we, you really have to rack up what you do do in the remaining time to claw back what you've lost. So a scrappage scheme will help do that. But what underpins all of that, and we've had a lot of work going on with Bayes um, and also their consultants at a, an energy technology list that encompasses all of the equipment in a commercial kitchen. So that from an operational point of view, if you want to put together a, an A-class energy efficient kitchen, you should be able to do that by having a, a group of products that you can pick from. At the moment, as you know, we only have it for professional refrigerated cabinets. Yeah. Yeah, um, so Paul, coming back to you, uh, Keith was mentioning their uh, scrappage and uh, catering equipment removal, and that's something that Ramco specialises in. So how do you feel that you could help on that side of things uh, for the whole industry? Well, as, um, as, as Keith mentioned, you know, market forces are, um, are, are in play and uh, new technology is a key driver for... Uh, the change. So, if we take um, uh, you know gas versus uh, uh, electric, um, you know the amount the amount of equipment that is uh, gas driven um, that is that's com coming. So, so, there's a home for it, um, and uh, and sustainability and, and environmental um, pressures. And so, um, they, we hope, uh, and, and it's the same for Keith with um, FEA that um, this. A crisis that we have you know, means that, that, that there is opportunity you know, out of the adversity. So uh, we want it to accelerate the um, increase of new, more efficient technology. But that still means that because um, we, we sell uh, equipment, not just in the UK, not just for startups, 
um, but um, it, in, into mainland Europe and, and beyond, depending on the on the value of it. Um, and so um, the uh, we we see that uh, th that can only be a good thing um, out of the the carnage, sadly, that we've got in hospitality. Um, but uh, yes, it's. Um, it's it's an opportunity that I think will keep us busy for the uh, for the foreseeable. Oh, so surplus and secondhand equipment will be an area that that is new to to a lot of people, particularly if they haven't had any direct experience of it. Um, how how regulated is the industry? A good question, Andrew. Um, well, we um, because of our background dealing with the um, Ministry of Defence. Um, and our uh, ISO standards, um, we are audited on a very frequent basis. So we've got 9,000, 14,000, 27,000, 45, you know. Um, so as far as we are concerned in terms of a compliant disposal route, um, obviously the, the WE directive, and, I, and I'm pleased, you know, to be able to say that for everything that we handle, because it's not just my responsibility in terms of catering equipment, but everything else that we handle, um, our latest statistics show that uh, less than 0.1% of everything that we handle has gone to landfill. Mm -hmm. So we'll parts harvest, we will, um, you know, we will strip down um, and, and do our best, you know, to, to keep it from a hole in the ground. And uh, and that, you know, that's a big driver for other people as well. So, you know, end of um, end of use in a particular environment doesn't necessarily mean e end of life. So somebody else can uh, have the opportunity to to uh, to, to reuse a, a perfectly good piece of equipment. Sure, I um I know over the past few years you've, you've done a lot of work with some some big chains in terms of helping them, um you know move and utilise surplus equipment. Just from the manufacturer angle and the suppliers angle, is is there a is there a commercial opportunity there for manufacturers when it comes to second-hand equipment? Yes, in fact, uh, we we um, we have two ways of um, of operating. Typically, we will we will buy equipment, um, but the preferred model is um, where we share the gain. Um, so our involvement is um, either collection or delivery, but obviously the the marketing and promotion of uh, of the equipment. And so that share gain um, is, is very transparent, it's itemized, and then the incentive is for us to maximize that sale value. So there is a, a, a well-known, I won't mention brand, um, but we, um, we bought some equipment uh, pre-Christmas, um, but they're just um, trialing through our next dedicated auction a, um, a share gain scheme on, some, uh, on a variety of equipment. So, so uh, yes, it, it, is, it is happening. And, and we provide that third party uh, outlet where the, um, the, the branded OEM, um, you know, wants to concentrate on new sales, not big grade or obsolete. Sure, um, coming back to you, Keith, um, in terms of benefits for manufacturers, if there is a move more towards secondhand equipment, can you see it kind of maybe increasing service calls that they will have to deal with? Would they be able to benefit from opportunities on that side of things? Most certainly. I think we're going to see significant change 
within the market as a result of, of all of this. There's no question about it. Um, and yeah, probably the change that would have occurred over the next five or 10 years is going to happen over the next five or six months. It's going to consolidate a lot of the focus of what goes on. Now, what is interesting, we're well resourced in having a very effective and efficient supply chain for equipment. It's well structured, it's experienced, and the skill sets are there. It's how those skill sets get, get devolved that will be interesting. And I think one of the greatest uh, opportunities that can come out of this is the focus on the role of equipment. And yes, we recognise that there are different circumstances that will suit different types of equipment. And maybe operators will look at a mix and match solution. I think they're going to be considering what they do. Uh, I think the role of leasing comes through. Certainly in terms of the greater use of secondhand equipment, that needs then a good supply of OEM parts to meet the needs of that equipment, to keep it up to the original manufacturer specification. And it needs a service agreement going alongside it. So I think we'll see... Um, some changes and rebalancing in the in the market as it, it looks to work with what the, the operator base needs. Very simply, I mean, heard this morning on the radio the, the prospect of a, a million in our industry, in the operator industry, losing their jobs as a result of this. Well, all of those people have got food service and hospitality as part of their passion. And many of those will see opportunities elsewhere to bring new solutions to the fore. And yes, it's, we, we know a lot about takeaway delivery, dark kitchens, all of these scenarios of, of providing us with a hospitality experience, whether it's in the home or out of home. And they, they all need equipment of different, different sizes, shapes and types at different stages. So the fact that we've got a resource that can be used means that, that we can meet that need. But yes, I think you'll see some significant changes go on not only nationally in our market and within the sectors that, that we know of in the UK, but internationally as well. I think there'll be some consolidations and some changes that will um, be different than we might have expecting perhaps at the start of the year. Because we also have to respect the fact that the, the UK market was tightening anyway in January or February before this happened. Um, there Don't underestimate the Brexit impact. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So there are different challenges and, and the full force of Brexit is yet to come through. So that again means um, manufacturers are looking at, at changing their offering and, and how they might adapt to the market needs and conditions. Yeah, and a, a similar question back to you, Paul. Um, what do you think are the main benefits and opportunities for manufacturers, for dealers uh, and for operators? So throughout the, the supply chain, for them using more uh, uh, second-hand equipment, what would you see the main opportunities for each party in the chain? Well, it, it's interesting, Claire, because uh, the, the the other drivers that mean that we are a, um, uh, a compliant outlet for the disposal um, it, it isn't just about being more efficient um, and more productive with the space that you have. Uh, and, and clearly that repurposing is going on now in um, kitchens. I was reading an article in um, Facilitate, you know, the FM magazine only last night um, where a catering consultant was, you know, was talking about that opportunity, which is now. Um, and of course, the, um, as, as Keith has alluded to, the, um, the other market forces and um, 
and our eating habits. I mean, it, it will be interesting for hospitality particularly, where um, the, the, the caution in terms of going out to enjoy that uh, eating out experience you know, is, is, is tempered for the uh, foreseeable months and you know, well into next year. And so um, whether or not the um, uh, equipment that's used to you know, produce the food is um, going to be in a, in a changing environment or a, um, or a need, in fact, for the, the distributor. And again, the, um, the consolidation, you know, we're a very fragmented industry uh, at distributor level, at operator level, um, and, um, and, and at OEM level. With with, uh, with a huge level of expertise, so uh, and experience, which Keith has mentioned, so um, uh, it, it's um, it is massive change, but there are opportunities because um, the good thing is we all um, need to eat uh, and drink um, responsibly, especially with tomorrow in mind. Um, so um, yeah, the, the the benefits for the um, the, the OEM uh, will, uh, will be based on you know, how many of them will be able to adapt quickly, um, go with good enough as well, um, you know, within the guidelines that, of course, they're changing um, daily. Uh, and, and a plug for, for, for Keith, you know, we are members of FEA um, and there's been a terrific uh, flow um, of, um, of information and, and guidelines that you know, has meant that we as an industry are, are up to speed. Um, the, the, the tricky bit is, you know, is the crystal ball. Um, but um, it, it's 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 becoming clearer. And obviously, this weekend and the next few weeks, um, and each review period, will uh, you know we'll see the next, uh, you know, the, the next opportunity and, and easing. But but it's with us for a while, um, and uh, and it's it's managing managing the change. And, and and of course the the, the regulations. Okay, just one um, one very final question for, for each of you uh, to end on um, very quickly. Paul, you, you talked about auctions earlier, catering equipment auctions, without necessarily giving any brand names away. What what kind of product really really flies in a catering equipment auction? Well, I could make a certain um, managing director of a um, ware washing company uh, who are involved in waste happy because I did tell him that in June. Um, the item that had the single biggest number of bids was um, one of his uh, under-counter machines. Um, but um, without wanting to exclude anybody, because whether you're making stuff up in Scotland or you're importing stuff from uh, you know, being manufactured uh, overseas, um, I, all I, I would liken it to, um, to the car market. And so if we've got a Mercedes or an Audi or a BMW, uh, so the equivalent, and, and we know who those um, good, responsible brands are. They're always in high demand. But but just think about what a kitchen needs. You know, so it needs smart technology, uh, whether it's using ovens or fryers, and of course refrigeration um, and uh, and cleaning. So all of the above. Perfect. Okay. And Keith, just to you, you know, in a in a, in a nutshell. Um, you obviously described a lot of the forces that are, that are at work at the moment, second-hand new equipment. Um, moving forward and given the economic environment that we're in, are you concerned that there won't be enough new product development and R&D happening yeah. um, moving forward? 
Most definitely. Uh, and we need government to support the R&D. Um, we, we've got to keep that going, not just for our industry, but across UK manufacturing as a whole and across our industry as a whole. And I think in terms of achieving that, this is where we've really got to unite. And, and we've seen great work going on between all industry organisations. I mean that across the operator industry and our supply chain as well. We've got to keep the pressure on government to keep sub-economic operator businesses going until we can trade out of this, until they can trade out of this. Because it's only when they start making a profit, a returned their loans, uh, the, the loan value to zero, that they can start investing in the equipment. Uh, and we've got to see it that, that our industry um, in its breadth has been <coughs> unique and it was first in, it's going to be last out of this by the looks of things. Uh, and this is where I think our, our unity on all angles, and we've, we've been successful in seeing UK Hospitality set up their supplier alliance and we've been party to that, we're doing our own surveys. We've got, to, we've got to hold that together and push it forward for all the component parts because without an operator industry, we haven't got a supply chain. Um, and one final point to make, if I may, I know from colleague associations in the electrical industries, um, their members are seeing turnover drops of perhaps 15 or 20%. In our industries, we know from our research, it's 80 and 90%. Now, that's gonna mean a lot of the knowledge and experience working on equipment whether that's in manufacturer or whether it's installation or whether it's service those skills could easily hemorrhage out of our industry as those individuals look to find jobs elsewhere and that would be tragic because we know how challenging it is to, to train in this market so um yes i think there are pressure points uh, on all of the the actors in in the supply chain but um r d and future innovation which will be connectivity energy efficiency that's where the cuts will be unfortunately and that will hinder us from getting to those 2050 goals that we started talking about well thank you very much both of you for this special session on second-hand equipment i'm sure it's something that we will return to as as we go forwards and the picture becomes clearer but for this week's market talk that's it